Hello, everybody. Happy Sunday. Happy Halloween, everybody. We're back with another episode. Cantina MX back at it. Tonight, we're going to be recapping two jornadas. Uh, Partido Molero between Mexico and Ecuador. The Coca Champions final. And obviously, some turnover and some changes going on uh, with coaches and former players. This and much, much more. Before I go any further, let's welcome Joel. Joel, how are we doing? Greetings, greetings, Jaime. I'm, I'm pretty good, man. I'm pretty good. A bit disappointed in some of the things going on, but still doing good. I agree. I know that you were a big advocate for managers taking risks and former players taking risks uh, out in Europe. Uh, Nacho Ambriz sadly uh, was dismissed of his duties at Huesca. He managed them for two, 12 matches. He got four victories, three draws, and five defeats. And uh, they decided to uh, to pull the plug on his project. Yeah, I would say, you know, a, a bit more confidence. Um, at the minimum, give him... Give him the first, the first, uh, how do you say it? The first round, because uh, they they he only played twelve games. How many teams is it? Um, I think it's like twenty. Yeah, in the second division, there's twenty two teams. So. Yeah. So man, half of that. So that's. <laughs> it's eleven. I guess they. Yeah, so I guess they felt. This dude, you know, he's he's lost the plot. They 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 showed very little faith. Twelve games is nothing. Um. So yeah, I guess I guess you know, and it happens because it's it's just politics, man. I, I know people are quick to gonna say that he sucks and whatnot, but it's just the politics sometimes. You know, having the right players, he he just came into this team. It's not like he got to build it, you know, like he got to bring in players or whatnot. Um, and it's important a lot of times because you need, you're going to need the players that are going to back you up in the locker room. Uh, and so, but not having all of that stuff, it could make things, you know, a lot more challenging. And if you don't have the, you know the the board of the the board of directors of the club. If you don't have someone that's gonna back you up, they could be quick to replace you because there's gonna be other people, you know, vying for that position. And we kind of see it with uh, the the former coach of Wolves, right? He left to Tottenham. Yeah. And he can't work his magic over there. Yeah, I was just and... gonna bring him up, uh, <laughs> Nuno. Uh, Raul's former coach, who did a really good job at Wolves, had almost 200 matches and uh, got them to the second or the first division. Got 96 wins at Wolves, and then uh, he's at Spurs now, and they're already in talks of dismissing him as early as tomorrow morning after they got defeated by Manchester United, whose coach is also under fire, Ole. So it's like 
what's up with these short leashes, man? It's like, why'd you even bother, <laughs> yeah, you know, hiring these coaches if, if the, if the, the leash was going to be that short? Yeah. You have to show more confidence. Cause I mean, at least in Nuno, for example, are we really going to say that he sucks? You know what he did. It's, it wasn't just random. It wasn't, it wasn't luck. He clearly knows what's up, but that's just the, you know, how, how football is. Sometimes if you don't have all these things lining up in your favor, you're just going to end up looking bad. Uh, and that's unfortunately, I think Nacho, that's, and that's going to be, I would say that's going to be like, um, one of the difficult things for Mexican coaches going abroad. Like if you don't have the right promoter or the right people taking you, if you just go like taking a risk, yeah, you're gonna, you are, you will be on that short leash. You will have that very little room for error. And that's, that's the difficult stuff. Um, and with that said, I hope he, he tries to, he stays over there or he tries to look for something. Um, cause I, I feel if he comes back, he's never going, he's never returning. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I hate to like be the Debbie downer, but, you know, I was very skeptical about this move in the beginning, you know, like how does a, a manager with this kind of pedigree, uh, end up in the second division of Spain? It just, it kind of just felt like dead on arrival and, and with a pay, and with a pay cut and with the pay cut and. And it's, it's, you know, Jaime, and you know, you're mentioning all that stuff. And that's why a lot of times when people say, oh, how come, how come this coach or that didn't take that risk? Because for the most part, there's nothing in it for them, you know? Yeah. Like the, those, those teams expect you to do all the sacrificing and, and then it just, you know, it's, it's all on you. Cause then if they sack you, you just end up looking bad. Uh, you lost the money or you, you lost on a more lucrative contract. And I think that's been one of the reasons why a, a lot of, you know, at least in the past when there was a lot of Mexican coaches, I think there's just two right now. <laughs> so back in the olden days, um, that's why a lot of them were like, they were just cool to stay at home because they were going to make cool money and, and, you know, it, it, it could be a short career. That's the other thing for it's not guaranteed that you're going to coach for 10 years, 20 years, whatnot. So you kind of have to get as much as you can as quick as you can. Cause you don't know when, when uh, opportunity is going to knock on the door again. Yeah. I was looking at like, all right, who's another coach that like try to do this and, and flopped. I, uh, Bob Bradley, he, uh, he went to Swansea and he only coached 11 matches before they decided to fire him. So, I mean, you know, it happens. It happens in football. It's just, I feel like nowadays everybody wants instant gratification. And I don't think that you can realistically expect a team to turn things around in like 90 days. You know, I think like you won't see the fruits of your labor until maybe 120 days and I get it. You know, it's like right now it's like, you don't really, you can't afford to, you know, have a bad start to the season. Um, but I mean, I really don't understand this type of short 
short-term thinking when it comes to coaches and clubs and all that. It's like, this is supposed to be a, a project with tenure. That's why you sign a contract. So I don't know. I feel that I feel the same way about like, you know, uh, them firing Vucetic. Like I, I don't agree with it. I understand why they did it, but it's like at least honor the contract and then go back to square one. Yeah. I, 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 why you gotta open the moon? <laughs> anyway, I, was, I was like already over it. No, but you know, it's, it's a lot of times the politics of the club because they have like group of owners or a board of direct directors or, or the socios, you know, uh, with a lot of these clubs. And so one group will bring in ex coach and it's like, they're not always on board. So the, so the, the people that didn't want him, you know, they're, they're going to be pushing for him, you know, to get sacked as soon as they can, you know, it's sort of like, and, 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 you know, that, that type of management ends up hurting a lot of these teams. Yeah, absolutely. So it's one of those things, another player or coach player that's in Spain, uh, JJ Mack, you know, we've been pretty much updating everybody on a weekly basis, but it's, it's gotten to the point where they're seriously considering to offload him as early as the um, winter uh, window and uh, use that foreigner spot for somebody else. So Getafe is in a dark, dark place right now. Um, I think they're in last place. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, they just got their, their first victory of the season. So, I mean, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. And it's just, it's, just sh- such a shame that he's not even like on the bench, man. He's not even being considered right now. And it's like, what the hell happened here? Yeah. Well, with him, you know, as soon as the coach got sacked, it was going to be difficult. And especially being on loan as with these mock clubs, a lot of times they really can't afford, they really can't afford to buy players. So they just, they're always getting, you know, they do that a lot. They're always getting all type of players on loan just to try to see if, if they find that diamond in the rough. So that, that's always why I'm against like Mexican players going to Europe, like that type of condition. Either they buy you and, and they want, they want you to be part of the team or, or just stay at home, you know? But I mean, this is something he was pursuing. He wanted to go to Europe. It was in his, you know, it's one of his goals, and it backfired on him. It's just, you know, just the bad luck of, of. Well, I wouldn't say bad luck, but that was because that was always the the case, you know. If this coach is out, chances are you you're going out with him because he brought you. Similar to Gio, the dude that took him to Tottenham, I think Rafa Benitez or whatever. And as soon as he got sacked, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. There's even, uh, they've even said that he's not even, he hasn't even gotten paid. And it's just like, you know, we we learned this with Alanis when we, when he went to Getafe and how he ended up getting done dirty. You know, he ended up having to come back and, now he's in the MLS. It's like, damn, dude, like we should have learned our lesson the first time or maybe he should have reached out to him and said, hey, you know, is this legit? 
but uh, obviously you can't predict that, you know, the, the, the coach was going to get fired so quickly. So, you know, right now we need a striker. Um, you know, um, it sucks that he, he, uh, he took a gamble and it didn't work out, but we could definitely use him at, at Chivas right now. And, you know, he can go back and have a successful campaign and maybe get some more offers and, and give it a go again. But as of right now, I mean, he, you know, he skipped the Olympics to, to pursue his dream and, uh, it just didn't, it didn't pan out. Yeah. That was another, you know, from the choices he made and it backfired on him. And you know, that might, that might put a little stain on his name because we all know how Tata feels about players that snub the national team. You know, they stopped getting called up. Same thing happened to Gerardo Arteaga. He's he's over there and and uh I think Genk he's doing a really good job. He's playing great football and he's not even being considered for national team duty, so it's like damn, you know? Comes back to bite you. Yeah. Yeah, man. Not not we we started on the sour note. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, with more the other one was leaving Marquez. Yeah, yeah. So the the other big news today that I heard from you guys actually was, uh, you know, Rafa Marquez is joining the two the uh cast, and I'm like scratching my head here because if I'm not mistaken, he was he was in Barcelona, right? I believe he was. I know he was like coaching a youth team. Uh, he was in another team before that, but I think he left him to go to Barca. And then I think he was in, and you know, they have multiple youth teams. So I, I know he was coaching one of the youth teams. Yeah, he was supposed but to I mean, uh, manage Barcelona's youth team uh, under 19. There you go. But, I mean, we're looking at a Barca that no money, you know. They had that whole, had to let go of Messi and the old president had to come back and he was talking about just what a mess everything was. So, I mean, they weren't going to pay him much. And if you're Marquez, let's not forget he had that whole. He got his know, funds frozen, with the, with the, right? Yeah, because of the involvement with cartel. <laughs> with some I, I don't know and I, I I think he's not allowed in the US but I think in Mex they they sort of like drop dropped the charges but I mean still you know that we have to wonder if that cost him you know that put a dent on his pocket so of course you know the whole coaching route That's a big sacrifice. So for you, you're Marquez. He was probably high balling for a long time. I should say high rolling, not balling. Uh, and so now he, he needs, you know, it's it, the checks drying up. So to the end, giving him some good money, changing career. And we, we've talked this before, how one, one reasons we're not seeing many Mexican coaches because a lot of them would rather take TV you know, go work in TV. Yeah. I'm trying to find out how much he made. Um, 
I mean, he was always selection, you know, five World Cups. You get bonus money for all the tournaments you compete in. He was involved in a lot of the marketing and sponsors. Oh. So, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money aside from the wages. And he was at Barca, and that was like, so you know, I did some digging. Uh, he was coaching RSD Murcia, third division of Spain. He was making less than $3,000 a month. And at Barcelona, at his peak, he was making uh, $8 million a year. And then when he, w- <laughs> when he went to uh, Red Bull, he was getting paid $4.6 million a year. So, I mean, this guy was used to making millions. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure he went, you know, he's probably making close to nothing, even at Barcelona. So, well, I wouldn't mind that 300000 uh, a month. 300000 <laughs> 300, yeah, yeah. That yeah. would be nice for me. Did you say nothing, Jaime? I don't know. No, $3,000. Yeah, no, $3,000. Oh, 3000 Yeah. Damn. Yeah, 3000 it's <laughs> probably not even pay for his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. heard I heard you can go to Guatemala and have a mansion for about seven hundred dollars a month. Oh man, yeah. You could go in the paradise section, you know. Um yeah, dude, so I mean this dude worth millions. If you have all this property, you know, you get to pay property tax or maintenance and all that. So yeah, these dudes, these dudes, if they don't manage their funds right, they end up going broke. So uh, disappointing for me because I, I thought I wanted him to have a career. But personally, I, I get it, man. I get why he's doing that. Yeah, and he'll be um, – I mean, I, I'm looking forward to hearing him. Uh, some of the cast on Do That I'm not a big fan of. But, you know, it's nice to have a player's perspective, especially someone like Cinco Copas. Um, But I I am disappointed because I always felt that if we had a chance to have a deep run in the World Cup, I always felt like he would be the coach. Or, you know, I think, you know, because of his leadership and his, his intelligence, I think he would have been, he could have been a great coach. But it doesn't always translate. I mean... Look at Hugo Sanchez. Same, same with Hugo, and I, I still surprised me to this day the amount of hate he got. <laughs> Just too much. I think with a with a big mouth like that, it's kind of hard, hard not to, you know. True, true. But we had other coaches like La, La, La Volpe also would talk a lot of mad shit. And fans ate it up. With Hugo, say, because he was, you know, they'll call him Ego Sanchez, you know, <laughs> just full of himself. But I, I, I don't see what, you know, I don't, I don't see what's wrong with that. Yeah. Um. One last thing I forgot to mention about Nacho Ambriz. There was uh some speculations that he was actually being um. They're, they're like saying racist shit to him, which d- doesn't surprise me because I mean they made what, the, f- the they, fans, the, the fans, was... yeah, the fans, oh. and I mean 
Spain has no hasn't been you know they're they've been culprits of this before with Hugo Sanchez and calling him an Indio and you know in the beginning they didn't really give him love, but you know I'm not surprised you know with Nacho being being treated like that it's just it's, it's unfortunate though. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's it's like that in a lot of these countries, you know. Uh, the fans are way more harsh with players and coaches, so you're not doing good. They they will be attacking you. Uh, I'm not saying this to justify it, but that that's uh, just the reality. It's way different in Rex, where it's more laid back. You know, you you could be sucking it, and and fans <laughs> run up to you and they ask for a selfie. On to. Some great news. We had the Conca, well, we had the Champions League from CONCACAF, the final, and Monterrey. And I don't want to hear any excuses. Monterrey won. Funes Mori scored. They won 1 0. And uh, they've won their, I, I've lost count of how many Champions Leagues they have. But it's the 16th title in a row that goes to a team in Mexico 16 consecutive Champions Leagues Um, and I'm sure America fans are are hurt about losing that one yeah well you know what yeah it was interesting because Aguirre was doing bad I think they had four games where they had I don't know if they had lost or were unable to win and, uh, yeah, fans were losing faith in him already. And so that was a big a big win. Already delivered a trophy. So, and they have Monterrey. This will be Monterrey's fifth. Oh, wow. So they're tied with, uh, they're tied with Pachuca. America is the most winning. How many do they have? They have seven. They oh, wow. They have seven. Yeah, they were going for La Octava and, under Solari, who's who's doing a great job. I just want to say that really quick. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, because he, he took him to a final already. He's just been with the club, you know, not, not long. And he's, you know, fighting for the Campeonato and um, has a team in first place. Well, I don't, I, you know, I missed on the Doble Jornada, Jaime. Mm-hmm. But I know before it, I know he they were super leaders. Um and then, so, but seven, seven, uh, seven Liga de Campeones. When I'm looking for CONCACAF. Yeah, and. Uh, He's been. Cruz Azul. What happened? Oh, I've I just been looking at uh, Santiago's numbers since he took over the realm. Yeah. Uh, he's got 41 matches, 26 victories, seven draws. Eight defeats. I mean, this dude's just just eight <laughs> winning, winning. Um, even though you know they lost the the final. I saw some Americanistas. They were salty. Uh, you know, they were always with the excuses, the refereeing, or what what have you. <laughs> No, you know, they were, like, talking about... Some of them were already hating on... on they were already hating on on their coach. 
Really? Yeah. Um, hold on. To making sure I have a. <clears throat> I just want to make sure I have a, the right list for the campeones. Yeah, I was reading Americanista stuff and they were saying how they've lost that comeback that they used to have this like Oh, I see. Being able to do the remontadas and whatnot. And I was like, you had a lot of those under Piojo, but that was Piojo, man. Yeah. <laughs> who who a lot of fans didn't want. <laughs> they they didn't want him. <clears throat> I'll take Piojo, man, because <laughs> yeah, so Monterrey you got five Champions League titles now. Uh three of them were in a row, twenty ten to twenty thirteen. I think those were under Wuse, if under I'm not Wuse. mistaken. And then they won it okay, in so twenty nineteen. I, I think I do have the right one then. So America seven, Cruz Azul six, Pachuca five. Monterrey has four, but now they're up to five. Pumas has three. Saprisa has three. Toluca, two. Chivas, two. Uh, Liga Deportivo Alajulense, two. Atlante, two. I really can't tell what these other teams are. Uh, there should be more Mexican teams up there, but I guess not. Uh, Chivas should have three, by the way. Yes. Talk before how... I've talked before how they lost that one campeonato. It was a bunch of BS. They pretty so they were gonna play this team from I think it's Haiti, and they couldn't afford to make the trip, so they gave the um, no they couldn't they couldn't do the trip, and I think it got re, it got like postponed, or the they changed the they changed the um. They, they extended, oh. you know, they said, okay, let's it play. Said, it said uh, and- difficulties in securing passports for Rossing uh, caused the match to be postponed three times. After Chivas' protest in February, the governing body declared that the club to be champion, but yeah. then changed their mind after a counter-protest, instead deciding that both legs of the final should be played within two months. That decision caused Chivas to scratch from the competition because they were on a European tour during that time period. So the award, the title was given to Racing without any match being played. Yeah, and well, that's the thing though. They had already lost. If you can't support, you know, if you couldn't make the the thing, two, three times, come on. And 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 back then, to go on a tour like that and you're making money, you know, it's it's sort of like. I'm pretty sure they they still didn't have passports. They probably knew they weren't going to be able to come back and do the game. (laughs) 37 titles by Mexico. This has just been a dominating tournament for for this country. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't. Chivas didn't come back and fight for it. I know, right? Yeah, because they could have. They could have made a bigger deal. We're over here um, tearing down statues of people that we thought were our heroes. (laughs) (laughs) Why not go back and be like, hey, let's put an asterisk next to this title? I don't mean now. I mean back then. Yeah. 
because and Max Max had more 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 influence over the region. Um, so it's it does surprise me that that they sort of were like I F it and it was just like not probably not taking the the tournament as serious. So yeah, Chivas should dude Chivas being already surpassed by Monterrey and Pachuca. I know. Yeah, for I mean for a, a club that is claimed like the biggest in Mexico, I I will say and be the first one to admit that our international presence uh is not that great as far as titles. Um I think Yeah, it was for a long time it was like they they just, you know, no show. They were Atlas, they were the Atlas dude, they were Atlas at the international stage. <laughs> Because they did do they did go like fifty years without winning the yeah the Conca Champions and then they lost to uh, Pachuca in penalties and that one that one really hurt me. Um, there was a question on Reddit like, oh, what was the final that hurt you the most? And I'm like, I don't know. I think like for me, just because of what it would have meant to Chivas and Mexico, the Libertadores final in 2010. Uh, yes, same. Same Jaime, I I I gave up on football completely for like I don't know if it was two or three years. Oh shit! Like I just cold turkey stopped watching. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough one to swallow. <clears throat> and uh, while we're on the topic of America, so they did lose to Cruz Azul today in a somewhat controversial manner. Uh, Cruz Azul and America were tied 1-1. And then at the very last minute, Orbelin Pineda had a shot on goal and then a late tackle by Emmanuel Aguilera. Referee decides to go to VAR to see it and uh, gives the player a red card and then hands... Hands the ball to Cruz Azul to take a penalty, and uh, Cabecita Rodriguez puts it away to give Cruz Azul the victory in a Clásico Joven. So with that defeat, that's only America's second defeat of the season. They're still in first place with 34 points, and uh, Cruz Azul are, are in fifth place now with, with 23 points. Seems like they're uh, starting to awaken. You know, they're the, they're the current champions, and they kind of had a bad slow start to the season. But it seems like they're gonna they're gonna close the regular season pretty strong and and see if they can defend their title. Yeah, the no campeonitis for them, man. Yeah, as far as some other results, <clears throat> uh, Atlas, who had been they had a tear last week against San Luis, they scored six goals, but then. On uh, Thursday, they lost to Tijuana, who were in dead last. So, not sure what happened there. They're still in second place with 26 points. It's uh, Grupo Orlegi, man. They've been they've been doing well with this Santos and Atlas uh, ownership. Yeah, man. I knew it was going to be a matter of time. And while we're on the topic of Grupo Orlegi... There was a rumor earlier, her, uh, I'd say maybe a, two weeks ago, and it started to pick up a lot of steam about Carlos Acevedo 
potentially joining Chivas. Uh, but it turns out that that was all smoke just to help him get a better contract with Santos. So does this happen a lot where they'll they'll pump you up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Chivas is one of those teams that they were always they were always like connect them to um especially in the past not so much anymore just because how much Chivas has fallen and and to the point where there'll be some players that would not don't want to go to the club you know i think that's one thing a lot of fans don't realize just how much the Chivas stock has fallen. It used to be where that was one of the teams to be and you get to Selección and whatnot. That's just not the case anymore. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you could get more money at, at other team at other clubs. Yeah. I always felt like that rumor was kind of weird because we have two decent goalkeepers. Gudinho's had a great season. And you have uh, Tonio, and they, you know, they've been kind of both battling it out this season. I and I felt like that was the last position really, where I felt we needed a reinforcement. So, I I just didn't understand the rumor, but now it's making a lot more sense. And Josep uh, Pelaez, Josep Pelaez was very reserved, and he's not out like he, you know, because sometimes even clubs would do that. Like you want to unsettle a player. Oh. So you'll have something like some rumor go out and then the player will be like, oh, dang, you know, like, is there any truth to this? And he might have his agent approach Chivas, you know, because then now the club is not the one trying to, you know, coming up to you. And that's sort of like a loophole right there. so that that's always been one of the things where it's like, let's try to unsettle this player so he he wants to leave the club. Um, and there are, you know, even though I said that about Chivas, how like a lot of a lot of players would turn it down, there's still a big team where there's players that grew up as fans that still want to play there. You know. Yeah. It's just not like before where like everybody and their mothers wanted to be there. Yeah. But they still have they still have a good, you know, a good amount that like, oh, I would like to go to that club. Um now I, I wouldn't I wouldn't believe all of that stuff. It's it's just it's just like uh what was the rumor before that that they were gonna get the coach from Santos? Who? And then like what the current coach that that she was, was going to go after the coach from Santos. Oh, it's the Cachinha or I forgot who and one of their players. Wait, Cachinha's at Santos. Oh, okay. Hey, you say Cachinha is he is he back at Santos? No, he. Uh, there was a rumor about him potentially oh. <laughs> returning or to Mexico, but oh, to no, coach. No, like the... Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah see, so... they're just throwing a bunch of names and see what sticks. You know, you've had like Van Chip and Gashinya and I'm sure Nacho Ambriz will be 
rumored. They already was tied to Chivas. I mean, Chivas the dumbest one. I mean, he's coaching Greece. Like, if he's going to drop it to come to Chivas, it just makes no goddamn sense. Um, Yeah, their coach right now is uh, Almada. There you go. It was that guy, and I think one of their strikers. Oh, este Aguirre. Kim, yeah, that they were going to bring both of them. Yeah. They was like, oh, she was his pit. And I was like, I was like, man, that's just, <laughs> that's just stuff. Yeah. Damn. That's just, you know, from, from. Promoters trying to say like generate buzz, you know. Just like uh, there's a rumor about Omar Bravo returning to Chivas. <laughs> How um, old is that dude, man? Is he like forty? Yeah. Man? So when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, this is no. Like, there's no way he's gonna come back again. But I think they're thinking about bringing him as like a striker coach. Yeah. Yeah, and and seeing this thing like. You got to wonder who's behind this because this Belias is not like that, you know. He's very reserved, um, and you know. And when you have stuff that gets filtered, it's always other people that are like just again generating rumors. Uh, and so, but I don't know who who would be in charge of that. Yeah, you know, of of, of bringing in. Uh, the coaches like striker coach, goalkeeper coach, or why not, uh, whatnot. Um, he's like a general manager, Pelaya, so I don't know if he has a say in that. You know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea, but all I know is he is our all-time leading goal scorer, so I'm sure he, you know, players could learn a thing or two about him and. I really don't know what he's been up to post uh career. I know he was he was at like Leones Negros and stuff, like still playing, but I think he finally retired, so yeah. I mean it wouldn't hurt to have someone like him at the club and right now we really don't have much of <laughs> like we have Saldivar, we have Peralta, we have Ronaldo. I mean we really don't have a big depth chart in the striker department and that's where we've been really hurting i think we finally scored our first away goal uh, this entire season against tigres so it's like you know it's been really bad on the road uh which by the way tigres gignac just went off scored two golazos against chivas and uh, they ended up losing this weekend so not a not a good day for chivas they're in 12th position just right there man d minus bro just <laughs> Just trying to get to get their, their high school enough. diploma, man. Just try to just try to pass like the panzazo. <laughs> yeah, that's man, that's what disappointed me with the goats, which I I don't even care, man. I, I gave up on the season. <laughs> At this point it's I like I did, man. Uh, no, I did. I I was like I don't I don't really care if they make it or not. And I know I think Pelayo should have quit at that point when they, you know, when they fired Busid. Yeah. 
Yeah, because that's a duty broad, and 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 then um, I know he wouldn't have done it unless he had someone lined up. The way when he sacked Tena, because he already had Buse. So I know if he was going to sack Buse Teach, he would have already had someone lined up to replace him. And, and the fact that there's no one tells me that this was like a political move. Uh, it was a power was move. A, yeah, as well. You, you could say that too. And, and Leaño's in there, and he's at this point pretty much just makes sense for him to finish the season. But I, so I just think, well, why didn't Pelias leave? And at this point, it's like he has nowhere to go, to be honest. Yeah. You know, and it would look bad on him if he just bounced. Because ultimately, no matter what club you go to in Liga MX, you're going to encounter this type of fuckery. And if people know that, oh, this dude is like... You know, they're going to kind of want to know that you're going to take one for the team. Yeah. You know, it's like, like yeah, we're going to fuck up, but you're, you're going to have to, you're going to have to put the, you know, get in the front there. And I think that's, that's one of the things he, he ended up doing because like, let's think about it. He left, he left in bad terms, America, right? Well, in the sense that he pissed off the main honcho because he he didn't like working with... He liked some of the stuff that was happening. So he said, okay, I'm quitting at the end of the season. And then the main dude, um, the Scarraga dude, came in and he said, yeah, no need for that, man. Just pack your shit and leave. And so he had to leave. And he never badmouthed him, but it's not a good way to go. Uh, seems unlikely he'll return. I would only way I see him returning would be if America was to like get at a low point, you know, which seems unlikely. <laughs> uh, contrary to what I thought was going to happen, it seems like they've been doing things really good. Uh, so he's not going there. Cruz Azul, he left in a messed up way with, with the old directiva. Uh, new directiva came and they already won, so it's not like they're going to be looking for a, for like a GM, you know. And right now they're challenging again, so that's that's the two big clubs, Monterrey, uh, even Tigres. They they got they got their setup and they've been successful. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna they're looking to hand the reins to someone and be like, all right, hand, handle it. So maybe maybe he really can go back much. to being the voice of the Spanish commentator on FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Pelayas did that. Yeah, he was uh, like one of the commentators, I think. Man, did did he ever do comment commentating or? I don't know, but it was Pedro Bermudez and uh, Ricardo Pelayas on FIFA. I remember. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is like I forgot. I forgot what years it was. Like earlier versions of FIFA. Yeah. Man, he going. Yeah, I I don't know if I ever heard him. Yeah, so I mean, I I think you know you you your Pelias, you really have. There's almost no club there that. Maybe some of the smaller clubs, but. 
he must be like, nah, I don't, I don't, you know, no need for that. It's, it's sort of like you're flying first class, you're used to flying first class and all of a sudden you got a coach like next to the toilet, you know, it's <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't need this. So that's, that's, um, I think that's, that's what happened with Pelias, you know, he might leave, I guess, at the end of his contract, if he feels that, you know, he's, they're just going to have him there to take the fall at the end, you know? <sighs> yeah, it's, it's a, it's really a mess and a Maori refuses to sell a team. So I just, at this point, it's, I, I really don't have much optimism um, until some serious changes are made. I, I like you know you can blame the players and stuff too, but it, right now it's just. Uh, and we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens next week. We have a good chance to win against Mazatlan uh, to end the regular season. Mazatlan are actually right above us with twenty points. Chivas have nineteen, so I mean, you basically win and you're in. You lose and you're probably out. So this is a home game. Uh, we will be, if I'm not mistaken, on on the road. So we'll be in Sinaloa. Oh dang! All right. Well, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Do or die, Mazatlan versus Chivas. And, uh, you know, excluding America and uh, I would say the rest of the table from like second place all the way to 12. I mean, there's only seven points of a a difference, (laughs) you know, so especially in the middle of the pack. I mean, we're looking at uh, like nine, 10, 11, eight, seven, like we're talking about a point difference. So, I mean. A lot can happen in the last game of the season. I kind of miss it when all the games would be played at the same time because I thought that would be that. I mean, that's always it's just so much fun. Yeah, I remember though. I remember that was cool. You know, because then there's no cheating involved. Like everybody is playing at the same time, and they all they all have to go uh, balls out. You know. That's true. That is true, Jaime. Uh, we had a partido molero uh, midweek. Mexico played Ecuador. Not sure. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm sure they already had that pre pre scheduled like last year or something. But it wasn't during a, a FIFA you know window. So they took all domestic players from Liga Mekis, uh, a lot of young players. So we had Nene Beltran playing. We had. Uh, Eduardo Aguirre. We even had Santiago Jimenez finally get some action. Antuna, Piojo Alvarado. So I mean, yeah, it was a uh, it was nice to see some young blood in there. Unfortunately, uh, Ecuador beat us three two, and uh, I saw the goal, the goal, the, the third goal of the match, and it was just a, a blunder there defensively and with the goalkeeper. So apart from that, I mean, uh. Really, nothing much to say. Yeah, these these moleros. That's that's you know good opportunity to test players. I, I never put much stock in these games either. 
I know some fans are upset, but I'm like, what were you expecting? You know, some of these games are not exactly played to go entertain you. Yeah. You know, they have, and they have limit. And when you got like double jornada and whatnot, you're limited as well as to what, yeah. what you could do. Sometimes clubs will even say, just play them one half. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what happened with a lot there's, of there's thing Yeah, and that that makes it a bit more difficult sometimes. You know, other players might not want to risk it. Yeah. I I did like Osvaldo Rodriguez. I think he's great. He scored a goal. Um but let's be honest, a lot of these players will not be there for the World Cup qualifying match against the United States. Yeah, and and you know what? They, a lot of these guys know that, and the last thing they want is to get injured on a molero and miss out on Liguilla. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we have a lot of a lot of things happening quickly. You know, we have the the last game of the regular season in Liga Mekis, and then we go right back to World Cup qualifiers uh, on the twelfth of November, USA versus Mexico. <laughs> In Cincinnati. Yeah, that's not that far, Jaime. Yeah. Uh, they did get back to... Two weeks. To us. Unfortunately, <laughs> we won't be able to make it to that match uh, live, but we will be watching it. And uh, they have... I mean, these are some tough matches for Mexico. They play United States. Then they have to go again on the road against Canada. And then... I think that's it. They just have two two matches this this window, but yeah, back-to-back games in most likely very, very cold weather. So we'll see how it goes. Canada is the other, if I'm not mistaken, they're undefeated, right? Uh, yeah, we're the only, I think it's just Mex and Canada. We're the only, only two, two teams. teams. Yep. So, and two road games. Yeah. If it goes for the ties of points, that's all you need. Um, <laughs> nah, I want to see blood. I, I want to see blood against the States, man. We lost two back-to-back finals. And that's why that's how you beat them, though, man. You just just give them the ball and let them attack. Yeah, I'm all down for that. Um, Mexico finished uh, the uh, ninth. They're right now ranked number nine in the world. And I know a lot of people roll their eyes and say, you know, these rankings are a joke, but... You, <laughs> Any opportunity to get seated in a World Cup, I mean, trust me, it it helps. Well, that's one of the one of the keys to winning the World Cup. Yeah, or to be seated. I'm trying to get in a group with Iran, and uh, I don't know. Who well, else? if you're seated, the first round you're gonna miss, you know, a lot of these heavy hitters. Yeah. So you don't you don't gotta face some of these stronger teams, but they had done this this guy he's um forget his name, but he he was just collecting stats on on the FIFA and how the FIFA did the rankings and what you needed to do like the type of games you needed to play to end up high in the ranking system, and then he had then done um more stats on like the teams that would win the World Cup or get really far and they were pretty much all seeded teams. Oh. 
I, at least the winners were, you know, yeah. the, the World Cup winners. I've all been seeded teams. <clears throat> and, yeah, it, it does help you. I think and the last those... time Mexico was seeded was in 2006. We had a group with Portugal, Angola, and Iran. So, I mean, it was a pretty accessible group. And, you know, it was Mexico that shot the bed, you know, but... They got out of it. I think they drew Angola. They did. I think that was. I was at that game. I'm trying to forget it, Jaime. It was actually a bad game. Oh, man. That must have been a snooze fest. Angola's uh, African country. I think they were under Portugal. They were a colony of Portugal. I'm not too sure. And so it's Africans, all black players. They're only they had like one, one um, non-black. He, he was the goalkeeper. He, this dude wasn't even, he wasn't even pro, dude. He was playing cascaritas. He, he wasn't. Um, <laughs> look, dude, look it up. You think I'm, think I'm doing some Alex Jones type of stuff? <laughs> <laughs> look it up, man. That dude was not signed. Uh, was, let's see. Where's the goalkeeper at? Joao Ricardo. There you go. See Portuguese. Uh, two thousand. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> he, if he, I know he wasn't playing pro. He was probably playing like semi-pro. <laughs> After. Yeah, he didn't have a club. What the hell? There you go. (laughs) There you go. I I remember that. Um, He was a free agent with no competitive football played in one year at the time. (laughs) And he only conceded two goals. (laughs) Man. Nice, nice fun fact. Oh, that's something. Something similar they had in 86. But this guy, uh, pa- Pablo Larios Iwasaki, but he was, uh, he's considered one of the greatest. Even Campos talks about Iwasaki being a goat. And Campos, uh, you know, he patterned a lot of himself after Iwasaki. You, you could, when he passed away, Campos, Campos was, you know, he, he did some, some statements and he, I call him the goat and whatnot, but Iwasaki wasn't. He was um, he's a Mexican of, of Japanese descent. If you're wondering about that name, huh. sounds like a motorcycle. Yeah, <laughs> Iwasaki. <laughs> hey, this dude, but he was good, man. He was a sick keeper, and and the World Cup '86, he was in second division. He wasn't playing in first. Wow. But I think I think. But he was getting playing time, and, and back then, the, the segunda wasn't like, you know, it was more competitive because back then, the teams actually did win up. Damn, drop. Hold on. Se me cayó el micrófono. Back then, teams actually went right, you know, they could fight, and they'll go down and fight to go back up. So it was more comp- competition, you know. Um, yeah, but this other dude, man, 
you, can you imagine? He's like, hey, I, I, I was the goalkeeper in the World Cup. Uh-huh, sure you were. <laughs> He's had a bar kidding project. He conceded two goals. I wonder if one of them was to CR7 because they played Portugal. Yeah, most likely. If not, he could say he, if not, he, could say he got a clean sheet against. <laughs> he said, not, dude, not, not today, man. Uh, Pauleta scored. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he played because. Uh, Ronaldo. Um, yeah, he started. He did play. Yeah, he was uh, subbed right. off because he got a yellow, but yeah. Yeah, and that's that was I really remember that World Cup, and so Portugal had uh, Felipe Scolari. That's right. Who had he had won the World Cup with Brazil in '02, and he was one of the candidates uh, to be the me- coach for Mexico. Oh, that's right, he was. They flew him into Mexico. I think it was Nike, uh, and they, you know, and at that time Nike. So, uh, sponsored, sponsored by yeah and so i think Nike brought him in and i don't know why the fmf damn we're like no we're going with la volpe you know he had a lot of people because he he did get a lot of leeway uh they did protect him a lot la volpe because he you know he made some crazy wild shit when he said he said if i don't bring back a medal i'm, I'm gonna quit and then his next team gets eliminated in the group stage. Wow. And they never really like they never really like you know they never really said anything to him about that. Like the press weren't you know, and then the fans just forgot right away. So it is it's things like that. He he was but he messed up a few times along the way and they they did hold on to him for the full proceso. Man, I'm looking at his trajectory. Hella crazy. Uh, they were whose trajectory? Scolari. Oh, Scolari. Yeah, damn. They were on the verge of not qualifying, and they uh, he only had five games left, and they appointed him. And uh, yeah, so he only coached Brazil for a year, 2001 to 2002, <laughs> and he won a World Cup. That's crazy. <laughs> But dude, look at the team he had, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to take credit from him. He's a really good coach, and and we've seen big teams with it, you know. But I mean, he did have a, I think Rivaldo, Ronaldinho. I think Ronaldo was still there. It's just super stacked team. It's, it's just. Oh, dude, that 2002 team, team was stacked. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good, but it would have been nice to have seen Felipe. Felipe was coaching that Chinese team that that beat America at the club's World Cup. Huh. I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. They were playing some team. I remember people were already saying, "Oh, this Chinese team, Kim Wansu or whatever." And they're like, ah, oh, that's it's gonna be easy. And I was like, I was like, wait, hold on, man. <laughs> I knew, 
around that time, China had been pumping some mad money. And you, you, I had been hearing some crazy stories of how much they were playing for, paying for players. And I check, <laughs> I go check out the roster. I see Felipe, and then I see like three, three like Brazilian ringers. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think this game is gonna play out the way they think it is. <laughs> Yeah, they had, I think, they had Robinho, too, man. But they had a couple couple players up there. They were no joke. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty much everything that's happened in the last uh, 10 days or so. Do you have any, um, any closing thoughts before we wrap up episode 308? No, actually, you know, for for giving up on the goats, I'm actually, I'm actually looking forward for those two away games, de la selección. You know, I want to see how Mexico does against the U.S. I'm really curious because it's already two for two, you know, uh, or all for two. But but uh, beer halter is, you know, is el tata ya es cliente de beer halter. <laughs> And every time Berhalter is looking bad, because he did look bad, right? One of these last games, they tied at home, I think. Or did they end up winning? They tied against Canada at home. Canada, oh, that's right. But they were losing, weren't they? I think they had to tie it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, he still hasn't been able to win over. But if he he gets a mix win, he, he you know, buys some more time. <laughs> Pero sí, ya, ya lo tiene de cliente. He beat him in two finals, uh, but but, and we need to point this out, Jaime. They never beat. He never. He was. He hasn't been able to beat Tata in regulation time. So they've been draws. So I could see another draw. You know. That's true. And but I want to see how Tata improves on that by his third game, because by this point, you know. It's like a you know like those basketball series, man. Best out of six. This is the third game. It's, it's like, the rubber oh, match. Man, have you figured this dude out? Like or or, yeah. or did this dude already has you has your number? And so that's that's what's gonna make the game a bit more on the tactical on the on the coach against coach. I said it here before because a lot of the the Yanks wanted they wanted Tata, you know, and because he was at a. Atlanta and they wanted Tata and then they were disappointed when they got their, you know, Berhalter, Berhalter's of beating Tata. So yeah, that, that just add, that's added fuel to this. So that I am curious about that. And also of course, Canada, cause they've been, they've been doing really good. So I want to see how Max plays them away. Um, I'm feeling confident though, with, you know, Tata believers since day one. So I, I think, uh, even if they're draws, I, I wouldn't. I know there's a section now of Mexi fans with the whole, you know, doom and gloom. But, oh, you know, we heard it a while back. But yeah. What are they going to go do at the World Cup and all that? Yeah. And now Mexi's back and forth. <laughs> yeah. First place, so haven't they- lost. Ninth in the world. I mean, life is good. Life is good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, life is good. It should be. It doesn't feel good for some of these guys. <laughs> um, 
I think people put all their eggs in one basket and, you know, they, they live and die with, you know, how the, how their teens play. But, uh, I've learned long time ago, like, don't get too attached to like sports, man. It's like, Oh yeah, exactly. It's like when it's, you know, it's, it's like the first time you like, uh, you know, when, like in gambling or your first cigarette, it's like, Oh, I mean, for the rest of your life, you're just chasing that, that high again, you know, but it's not (laughs) for the most part. It's like, yeah, (laughs) unless you're a bandwagoner fan and you have a team that's like really good for a long time, it's, it's very rare to, you know, to have success all the time. It's true. It's true. Sooner or later, you know, a pendulum swings the other way. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, way more deserving teams uh better than mexico that never won a world cup like the netherlands you know it's like they've had a chance at it like what three times never went able to beat it three times yeah Yeah. it's like it's like dude come on you're telling me that like we're over here demanding a world cup like you know how hard it is to win a world cup it's like ridiculous (laughs) but uh you know they're trying to have it every two years and I don't know how I feel about that. That was the big thing, Jaime, that we uh, we did not talk about. But glad you brought it up. We could just close. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Conmebol is against it. So they're one of the main feder- federaciones that doesn't want it. But I, 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 I done told you, uh, I think back when they were talking about that European Super League, when all these teams had already signed up, Remember that? Yeah, the uh, Super League. The e- yeah. The EPL teams ended up dropping off like like the night before. Yeah. The night before they were getting a good. Some of them, I think, had already signed. They had to pay the fee or whatever. Um, and we talked about we talked about how that whole World Cup thing. If something like that did happen, it would is is high chances that it would like accelerate something like a World Cup every two years. Because then that would make that would make the FIFA tournaments, even though they already have a lot of tournaments, you know, under twenty and all, and all of that stuff. Um, but that would make it like their own Super League, because you would just be seeing qualifiers and World Cup and then qualifiers again, because that's usually what it takes, you know. Yeah. To qualify, it's like a, it's about almost a year. as long as it takes. Yeah. So yeah, it would it would turn into basically a league at this point. Um. So yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm glad it's not. I like, I like the way things are, and who, I don't know if it would be better or worse, but I, I just like the way it is. And then every four years makes makes the games that much more. Yeah. Intense. Yeah. I think if anything it would help our region out the most because you know we're stuck over <laughs> here playing Gold Cup every every 2 years and uh we're not in the Copa America anymore so just increasing the friction between uh us playing against world class talent instead of having to wait every 4 years for that opportunity getting it every 2 years I think would help us but it would also, you know, the cup itself would lose its prestige. So it's it's just one of those things. It's like a double edged sword. Uh, I'm not yeah, it, I'm not entirely against well, you it. Know, you know how it could lose prestige because there will be a fight for the top players. 
because if it's every two years, that means more you have to have more priority for selection. Oh, so yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to be in a super league and with your selection. You kind of would have to choose the path of: Do I want to be a club player or a national player? Yeah, and I think they had said something about that. Um, I think with La Liga, I think they said that if the teams that left, that the players would not be something like that. But but you know, it would definitely cause a divide. And of course, they would have to pay selection players more money because then you know yeah. you're not going to be doing it for free. I mean that you know. So yeah, that's that would that would definitely you know we see a split in talent. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank everybody for their ongoing support with the Cantina MX Football Podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week f- with more content, obviously, as we find out how this uh, final game of the season ends and what Ligue and Repechaje looks like. And uh, we can start taking predictions on who will probably win this. And then, of course, we'll also continue to keep tabs on our players abroad and in the national duty. Um, but yeah, I just want to thank everybody for for listening and tuning in. And uh, make sure to interact with the poll on Spotify. Every week I put a new question up and uh, it's really fun to see people's voting. And if you have any questions or if you have any topics you guys want to hear us address, uh, there's an opportunity to write questions and comments uh, on the Spotify uh, link. So make sure to check that out. But this is Jaime Landero signing off with Cantina MX. Thank you guys so much and have a good night.